That is you. Whoever said get those glasses, you need to buy them a gift. Service Star turns 25 this year, and to help us celebrate our anniversary, Tansley Stearns joins Mike Neal and discusses their journey long ago that helped set up Service Star for success. Our partner, our friend, and president and CEO at Community Financial Credit Union, Tansley Stearns, joins us today to help us celebrate our 25th anniversary. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Credit Credit Union Leadership Podcast. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. Service Star has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what Service Star can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. I can't think of anybody i rather have on our 25th anniversary podcast than you because you've been oh, you've been a part of my journey, our journey uh, from um, a small credit union in Michigan to a credit union in uh, Connecticut to a credit union on Long Island to Feline Research Institute where we first brought our Vertex Management uh, Development Program in because we were able to partner on the research with you. And you and you literally just went state to state to state. And you just always say, it's boots on the ground, Mike's boots on the ground. You know, we're not going to sell this online. We're going to sell the boots on the ground. <laughs> and that's what you did. And then over to Canvas Credit Union, where we worked together at Canvas and and here we are. So, so Tansley, um, what do you, I, so I'm going to start this way. Yeah. Here's what I think, here's what I think I learned from you over the years. You're a good connector of people. You collect people and, and you do, you collect them because they have a moral character, um, a passionate commitment, and they're talented and intelligent and humble. And so one of the great things is when you started at your credit union as a CEO, all these people are like, Tansley, we want to work with Tansley. And you're a great connector of people and you've connected me to so many people. And that's something I've learned from you. I've also learned that you you do not compromise your belief in yourself, no matter who around you attempts to damage that belief. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody that let's face it. Um, I know when I pitched Service Star to the credit union organization that I won't mention, they literally laughed in my face and said, <laughs> No one's ever going to pay money for what you do. Yeah. Not they might not, but they will never pay money for what you do. And I'll be honest, you've had some good mentors in your time, but you've also had some people that have been kind of like hope killers <laughs> that yes. you've run into, right? Yes. And uh, instead of hope dealers, they're hope killers. And that's something that's always 
meant a lot to me and been an inspiration to me is when you know you can do it, don't let anybody tell you you can't. So I'd like to hear this from you because there's going to be a lot of uh, people that listen to this. There's going to be single parents. There's going to be moms with daughters that are going to be listening to this. What what do you hope, this is a non-crediting thing, but what do you hope what do you hope that your daughter learns most from you? Really what you just talked about that, you know, whatever it is she wishes to do in her life. And she is a vibrant human and I have many thoughts about what she may decide to do, but I'm confident she will also surprise me that whatever that is, she should chase it with relentless abandon. And that that is something that is within her reach with really hard work. You know, I've had a lot of people and you and I've had very tough conversations about this. I've had a lot of people, particularly when I worked at Feline, who said very pointed things to me about what it means to be a working mom and in particular a traveling mom. And I'm not going to deny that that wasn't hard for both her and I. And I do think that the benefit of my work as it relates to Mackenzie is that she sees what hard work means. You know, I'll I'll give you an example, you know, yesterday, two days ago in the morning, she came in and it was the first morning before cross country practice. And she was really worried and concerned about how that was going to go. And so she immediately starts thinking through what that's going to look like. Okay. Well, so what I've heard you say, mom, is I should probably pace myself with one of the girls who's pretty fast. And, you know, I, I need to make sure I use the restroom before we start it. You know, she's creating her plan, right. And she's thinking all all that through. And so I believe that what she's learned from me is this relentless persistence to continue to get better and to have the humility and the, the, the strength to always be committed to getting better that every single day we're going to learn something, be curious about something and get better at something. That's awesome. And what I want everybody to hear in that is that Tainsley has an intentionality of what she's trying to create for her kid. And I just think as parents sometimes and in work too, um, we just try to get through the, like if I can just get through this next three months, if I can just get through this year. If I can just get past strategic planning, if I can just, you know, get this loan, these loans turned around. And that is not how you create success. You create success with the end in mind and all these other things that we do are temporary tactics and strategies. So that's one of the things that I noticed about what you do. Um, I got to see it most at Canvas because you were in the position to do it, right? You you were the chief people officer. I got that right, correct? And when I left, it was the chief operating officer. But yeah, I chief did. Operating officer. Yep. And so you're chief people officer, chief operating officer. You had so many different areas reporting to you. Yep. But you had this intentionality of how you wanted to use each of them to synthesize to create this particular outcome of member experience and whether it was, you know, HR or whether it was branches or whether whatever it was, you, you had this intentionality of what we're trying to create. And so it kept you moving forward. 
And I think that's what you're doing with uh, McKenzie. And, and that's, I, I think, a good um, a, a good lesson for all of us, I think, just as parents, right, that, that I've got an intentionality of what I'm trying to do rather than, oh, we could just get back to past the terrible twos or the, you know, traumatic threes or the, you know, felonious fours. I don't know how what the numbers are, but they all kind of suck at some level. And they're all kind of glorious at some level. Well, and I think too, Mike, and I think you and I share this, and I I probably learned a lot of it from you is, you know, dreaming boldly matters, right? You know, I think, you know, we talk about in organizations about vision and, you know, I think people get into the word crafting of vision and mission and, and forget what we're really talking about, which is people don't get excited about getting through a day. What they get excited about is the potential of something exceptional and folks want to be a part of that. And, you know, I I think that you have always been able to cast a vision for organizations about not just, Hey, we're going to make members happy. No, we're going to change people's lives and we're going to do that by creating an experience that nobody else will, by connecting with them in a way that no one else will, by understanding them deeply and walking with them through their joys and sorrows. That's a whole other thing. And yeah. that that belief in something exceptionally different is something that I know you bring to life. Well, um, and you do that, too. Um, I, I've all, I say this all the time. Um, Life is about meaning and relevance. And if you say, I don't agree, Mike Neal, life is about something else, then I dare you. I dare you to prove me wrong. Because there there are people that will sell everything they own and move to India to care for people in poverty and the only and, and conditions that no one would want to live in so that I can help people. There are people, there are um, people who are in unmarked graves all over the world who did not have big celebrity funerals uh, that decided they were going to do something that very few people know about, but they changed the course of those people they were serving's life. There are people that would get up at 5.30 in the morning to pack their car and uh, drive and go build a Habitat for Humanity house for free on a Saturday that won't show up to work at the credit union at eight o'clock on time and getting paid. And the reason is because we take almost all of our jobs are boring. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think yours is. I know mine's not, yours not and mine's not. But if you think about the other X hundred of people that are paying and receiving and sticking their Handed a pneumatic tube and pulling out another tube and uh, doing loan input and answering the 100th phone call of the day. Hey, what's my balance? Well, uh, can you give me the last 6,000 checks to clear through my account? Uh, They're not going, this is what I was born for. (laughs) Right. And what we do is we suck the life out of them. We don't need job redesign. We need job relanguage. We need to tell them, hey, that's not your job. Your job is to make the member's financial life better. All that is is a runway. They are calling you to get that information, 
But then that just gives you the opportunity to go, I think I might save you some money. I think I might be able to make your life a little bit more convenient. But we don't talk to them about that. We talk to them about, um, well, you only had 90 phone calls yesterday uh, and you were in work mode quite a bit. Can you explain that? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I can explain it. But can I go home and get drunk first? Because I'm too colorful um, to the point of being inappropriate. But I'm with I'm with you. So Tansy, let me ask you this question. Because there's other people that are going to listen to this podcast that kind of have the same vision you, you and I do about meaning and relevance and the power of this movement and the importance of people and being engaged in it like we are. There's been times where you've run across people that don't believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um how do you work through that, right? I mean, you, you're trying to share this idea of vision mm-hmm. to somebody who's like, uh, can you just tell us uh, when you're going to get more loans going? Uh, can you just tell us when you're going to get the uh, bathroom mirror at the uh, West Side office taken care of? So when that happens, mm-hmm. um, how do you cope through that and not get discouraged? Well, you know, I think it's easy for me to talk about it from the seat I'm in today. I think you were one of my very best coaches for walking through it when I had less, I hate this word, but power, right? I, I, what I know is that others that listen to this and, and know that I am in a CEO seat will think that much of what I'm saying is hollow. Know that for most of my career, there was a lot of time that I had less influence. And, you know, so much of what you helped me to understand is, first of all, control what you can control, right? Thinking that you are going to coach up, which you always told me was a great way to become a good consultant. (laughs) I can tell you that on personal experience, 100% guarantee. And it's very likely your boss doesn't care what you think about their performance. Yeah. And so, you know, what I what I often became better at doing over time with a lot of great coaching was thinking about within my realm of control, within my sphere of control, how do I do the very best that I can? And knowing in those moments where leadership has a lid and a time and date stamp, right? And I'm not a fan of moving jobs all the time, but I've moved, you know, every four to six years. And there are moments where you realize that your gift has been given and it's time to give your gift somewhere else and continue to grow Mm -hmm. that. And, and thinking that you're going to be able to do more than what you can is a recipe for feeling very frustrated. Guys, that advice she just gave you is worth money. Uh, much less worth uh, whatever time you've invested in this part of this podcast. That is absolute gold. I think it's important for people that managing in the middle. It's not important that people get you. Like if you have this passion for employee engagement and meaning and relevance, it's not important that they get you. You lead to it. And then you say to yourself, maybe, maybe this place isn't the place for me long-term because they have a completely different belief system. And by the way, that's okay. Now, whoever leads that credit, you know, whoever is your boss will live with the results of what they create, right? But the idea is passionate people want to try to convince everybody above them 
you're wrong. You don't understand it like I do. And they don't go, hey, you know that Mike Neal? What an inspiration. We need to rethink everything. Uh, you know, I've always used this trajectory, Tansley. It's kind of like being a preacher. The first year you're the new preacher and they'll go, oh, this is amazing. He's so encouraging. We needed to hear this for a long time. And the second year, they're like, you know, it would be nice if every once in a while he'd say something, you know, that we do well. I, I'm kind of, it, it's like he's kind of telling us constantly we need to do better. And it would be a little more encouragement would do uh, us a, a, go a long way. And then the third year, it's like, you know, I'm tired of going and listening to somebody constantly complain. And the fourth year, you're a preacher somewhere else. And so, you know, it's really, it's this trajectory that that you can say all these things to people up above you who completely do not align with your vision. But is that really the highest and best use of your time? I love that idea. There's a date stamp. There and, is. And, and when you realize, hey, this is not, this is not where I need to be long-term. Go get yourself with people who have that same belief system. And I think that's a good example of something you've always tried to, always tried to do. That's all. Awesome. Well, I think too, Mike, it is, and, and you, you are the, you are the one of the very best I know at this. It's also about how you start to learn how to tell stories. You know, I think, Early on in my career, you know, I would try to reason my way to things that, you know, people generally actually don't respond as well to reason as they do. That's true. Emotion, and I think when you start to learn how to to connect your belief and your vision to those stories, more people come along on that journey with you. I think that's a great point because part of you telling a story is you're being transparent, right? Like if I tell a story about, hey, don't coach up because I tried it and this is what happened to me, then I'm being transparent. And that's one of the things you've, I've, I've asked you this about two years ago. What do you think was one of the most important things for a leader? And the first thing you said is transparency. And so this, because transparency requires humility and humility is attractive to people because they they want to work for somebody that can say, oh, I screwed that one up. Yeah. I apologize to you. And that transparency, that humility builds trust. And I think that's part of what storytelling is. And what we do is we try to explain to everybody, well, see, if one plus one equals two, you add one more to it, then that's three. That just makes good sense. And they get it. But the problem is they don't care. They don't care at all. No. They don't care how you got to three or that it is three. But if you want me to do something I'm not doing now, tell me a story. And that's so important. I think you have to do that with your boards. I think you have to do that with your your uh, your staff. And you have to do it with your members. Or, or they'll just see you as a place where, oh, well, you charge you know $8 a month for a checking account and I can get it for $7.50 over here. So why not? Yes. But if they, once they realize, look at what we've done for these members and how much money we've saved them and how we turn their life around. People say, I want to be a part of that. Yes. On all levels. Tangely, it has been an absolute honor for you to donate 30 minutes of your life to me. Oh my and, gosh, anytime. Well, I I look up to you 
um, so much and admire you so much. And thank you for all that you have taught me. And I cannot imagine what my journey would have been like <laughs> had I not shown up in the basement of a department store in uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Fortunately for me, it was in the men's section. You know, I'm a clothes maniac. So, I, you know, I always look forward like, okay, what do they got? But um uh, well, Mike, I want to just say to you, truly, you have changed my life in ways that I don't have enough time to describe. And you've changed our industry. And you are also one of the funniest humans I know. There's so many things that I would say, but truly, congratulations. And just know that your impact on this industry will be legacy for years to come. Sometimes to appreciate where you've been, it helps to review where you came from. And on today's podcast, I enjoyed, and I hope you did as well, walking down memory lane and just seeing exactly how much of an impact Tansley Stern had on the on the on the forefront of our mission, which was to go out and inspire transformational change for credit unions. 25 years later, we're still doing that with things like this podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, Tansley. Thank you, the listeners, for subscribing, listening, and sharing this podcast as we continue to look at inspiring and transforming uh, credit unions in the future in this great movement. Well, until next time, we'll catch you on the next Credit Union Leadership Podcast. We'll see you then. You're Siri a doesn't believe in that value. I know, Siri's like, <laughs> I don't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs>